We were very selective about exactly who they were, and mm -hmm. the people that we have in place, I have a hundred percent confidence in. They're all these I, are hard chargers. They're hard chargers. They're they're the best mm -hmm. of the best. And are they going to have uh, to maintain qualifications? Are they? You know, you're putting them through physical yeah. rigors, and they yeah. got to, you know, be able to handle a handgun and you know these types of things. Absolutely, yeah. yes, sir. Yeah. Are there other weapons that they have access to other than just their pistol? Yes, and that's obviously every campus so they have a, a small armory or whatever at every campus as well are there teachers that are uh, enabled to carry weapons too or do we have any no. teachers what's our policy on that policy is that the teachers don't carry weapons do not carry even That's if they correct. want to they correct. may not do it okay have we had correct. teachers inquire to do that yes and you guys said sorry yes not can't do it okay yep. gotcha Welcome to the Eans Parents United podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Silva. Join me for meaningful conversations and timely information about Eans School District, its past, present, and where we all hope, for the good of our children, it's heading. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining on our second episode of the Eans Parents Unite podcast. This is Aaron Silva, your podcast host. And in addition to being a host, I'm also a parent. And as a parent, I'm sure you can share with me that there is nothing more frightening, nothing more chilling to a parent than the prospect of their child being hurt, maimed, or worse yet, killed at school by some awful, terrible, subhuman demon with a gun. For Texas, as we all know, Uvalde was the final straw, and our legislators made armed guards recently a student safety top priority. Unfortunately, it was too late for many families, and frankly, it's a frightening reality for the rest of us that we're going to have to live with. So today, we're talking with Jeremy Trimble and Matt Greer. Mr. Greer is our incoming new chief of the Eanes ISD Police Force. Probably the number one topic of questions I get from parents recently is about the new police department and how the day-to-day -day lives of our children may be affected, literally. I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, thank you for joining me. I uh, We have a very interesting episode uh, today that a lot of parents are um, highly uh, tuned in to, to talk about, and that is the police force, the Eanes ISD police force. Is that the official name? The Eanes? police department. Yeah. Police department. Okay, so it's not police force, police department. I have here uh, with me today uh, Jeremy Trimble. He's the assistant superintendent uh, of operations at Eanes ISD. And then I have the new incoming chief, uh, Mr. Matt Greer. Thank you both for joining. Thanks for having us. All right. Glad to be here. So, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of questions about this. Let's start from the top. Why are we doing this? Why are we putting a police department in our school district? What's the what What's the point? And what do we hope to get out of it? So, the introduction of a Eanes ISD police department is for s several reasons. Mm -hmm. um, and first and foremost, it's to enhance the safety and security of our campuses for our students and our staff. But also, there's some re new requirements that came out from the state. Okay. Uh, from the last legislative session over this summer, House Bill 3, it actually requires an armed security officer at each campus. That's law. That is law. Mm -hmm. Armed security officer at each campus during the school day. 
Okay. And so obviously a lot of Texas school districts are struggling through that to meet that requirement that had to, that was in place starting September 1. We're one of few districts that can say that we are um, abiding by that new law. And that's not the only reason, though. These mm-hmm. conversations about the police department started last time. year yeah. um, and started getting a lot of momentum. And reasoning behind that is just looking at how we can increase and enhance that safety and security. But also, well, I described this last time we were talking about some of the safety measures mm-hmm. that currently um, or prior to this school year, we had two school resource officers at the high school. That's Those right. are the only yeah. armed security officers that we had in the, in the district. And those are Travis County Sheriff officers. And so with that model, um, we are the, I think there's two high schools in the area that mm-hmm. utilize the school resource officer program through uh, Travis County. Mm. It's Westlake High School and then Vandegrift High School okay. um, in Leander ISD. Okay. So we are concerned about the efficacy of that program and what it looks like in the future. And so looking at that and questioning that and we wanted to look at another model. Yeah. yeah, I remember we did talk about it. It, it doesn't seem like it could be very uh, effective. It's only at the high school. And as I recall, we'll get into the finances in a second, was it a very expensive contract with the with the sheriff. Do we right now have armed officers on every one of our campuses every day? Yes, sir. As of September? We do. Yeah. And that, that in and of itself, I was thinking about uh, this time together before I came in. I'm thinking, how sad is it? that we are at this place where we have to put an adult with an armed, with a weapon in every school. It's, it's awful, it right? Is. It is yeah. awful. I don't think Sad. any of us would have ever thought of this when we were kids. Oh my God. I mean, when I was a kid, we had a narc who would, you know, catch us if we were smoking in the parking lot or, you know, or bringing wine coolers in outside or this type of stuff. But the idea of a armed person, you know, literally in every single school, it's crazy. It's very sad, but I'm certainly glad as a parents were were responding um, to it. Matt, why don't you tell us a little, Mr. Greer? Why don't you tell us a little bit about you? You've got a, a very deep uh, background in law enforcement. Why are you here? Um, I've been in Austin since 1995. Uh, went to high school and college in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Came up here, thought I was going to go to law school, and then uh, I met a guy in my apartment complex that was a cop. Mm-hmm. And he said, hey, man, come out and ride with me, Austin PD. Cool. And so I did it. And I just, um, I was blown away. I thought, man, this is great. You're, you know, we're, we're going to calls, helping people. Every call, everything is different. Every day is different. So I uh, put in my application and, and mm-hmm. I started with Austin PD in 1997. Like everybody else, I started as a patrolman. Mm-hmm. Did that for four years. Started Central East and worked uh, mostly Central East and Southeast. Then I went to uh, what's now the U.S. Marshals Task Force, Lone oh, Star wow. Fugitive Task Force. Wow. Uh, did that for a couple of years. Put some pretty bad folks in jail for a while. Mm-hmm. I made detective, uh, was an investigator actually in this part of town, southwest Austin, for six years. And then uh, promoted a sergeant. I was a supervisor over patrol, uh, financial crimes. Back in Austin PD. Austin PD. Okay. Yeah, all in Austin PD. Mm-hmm. I was there for 23 years. Mm-hmm. Went out to the training academy as a supervisor, went to internal affairs for a couple of years, uh, made lieutenant. I went back to patrol as when you go up the ranks, every time you promote, you, you go back to patrol. That's really kind of cool. where the rubber meets the road. So yeah. 
did that, uh, went downtown, worked downtown Austin for a while, which was a lot of fun and very interesting. And then I, uh, I transferred to the Austin Regional Intelligence Center and I was the director there for three years. Um, it was a really interesting time to be at the Eric, which if you're not familiar with the Eric, it's a fusion center, one of 80 in the country. A A fusion center? Fusion center is what they're called. What's that mean? So it's, it's, it's a a counterterrorism and intelligence center. It's an information sharing hub. For domestic? Domestic and international terrorism. Yep. We, the purpose, you know, after 9-11, fusion centers were created so that we don't, so that we don't miss anything and that we connect the dots. Yeah, gotcha. Um, And so that's what we did. But during my time there, Parkland and Santa Fe happened. And so we, like everybody, we we got with um, the FBI and DHS and we're all sort of putting our heads together going, you know, we've got to do something about this. What what can we do? How can we help? We started thinking about regional training and we brought in some training uh, across Mm. the region for school safety and particularly behavioral threat assessment. Uh, So really looking to identify students early on and intervene with support and intervention. Um, You saw this program, um, saw students as, I mean, identifying students that were going to the wrong side. Exactly. Is what you're saying. So yeah, like troubled trying, youth or trying whatever. To, trying to get students off the pathway to, to gangs and, and drugs and violence. And, and violence. And, yeah. Okay. Okay. Because we don't have any many gang members out here in Westlake. <laughs> not, no, not too many. Oh my God. No, God. <laughs> not that I've seen. Like, <laughs> um, Tesla gang or something. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, uh, so that was a great experience. Um, I, so, you know, I was also there during the Austin bombings. Uh, oh my God. At the Eric. So nuts. Yeah. It was a crazy time. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I retired from APD. And, okay, you have retired. Mm-hmm, I retired gotcha. in 2019. You don't look like you could be 45 years old. Um, thank you. Yeah, how old are you? Uh, 51. 51. You yeah. can retire at 51. Uh, I retired four years ago in 20, 2019. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So uh, w- why this? It seems kind of sleepy and not nearly as exciting and sexy as chasing down terrorists and gang members. Is yeah. it just a pastime or? No, this is this is important work. Mm-hmm. Um, so this job came open. I was kind of looking at, you know, what I was going to do, keep promoting up the ranks. And um, there was a safety and risk management director opening here at Eanes, and I applied and got the job. Oh, so you came. I've been here came, for four years. You've yep. been here for four years. Yep. Okay. Excuse my ignorance. No, it's, See? It's okay. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So I started a, as the safety and risk management director. Okay. So I, I do a lot of the uh, liaison between the sheriff's department and uh, the district. Okay. But, you know, then obviously after Uvalde, things change. Yeah. Um, they change for us and, you know, legislation changed. And as Jeremy said, we were, I, I really didn't expect us to create a police department when I started this position. Gotcha. I, it wasn't something that yeah. really was on my radar. Well, okay. Um, that's fantastic. And um, glad you're here. You sound like the right guy. Let's talk a little bit about um, costs. Now, I understand that the you know they they made the law but they didn't give us nearly as much money as we need did i hear 10 cents a student or 90 cents a student what did they give us and then so much per campus what did that look like and yeah so when it came there was funding tied to house bill 3 the yeah. the requirement for the armed security officer um so it wasn't unfunded but it's not fully funded yeah. Okay, uh, yeah. and so partially that, funded yeah right so it came out to for that allocation, the district gets $10 per student. $10 per student. And then $15,000 per campus. 
which okay. if we take what, all that in, we're we're just north of two hundred thousand dollars total budget total that they give that they were giving us as as a district to put a to and they said for two hundred thousand dollars you need to put an armed officer on every campus correct for two hundred thousand dollars for two hundred thousand and for our, how many district. campuses again do we have we have nine plus our ad, adult transition services so twenty thousand dollars ahead that's yep. what they gave us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay. So you're working on the cheap then, Matt? Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> it's not all volunteer work. Yeah, we, right? Had, right. Yeah. Yeah. we had some yeah. coffee cake out front. If you want to take the rest of it home <laughs> to yeah, your if family. You if you don't mind. Yeah, yes, no sir. problem. Um, okay, so let's let's hit, just hit the numbers. So what was the value of the contract we had with the sheriff's office? And I know how much we're getting now, but what is the co- what is the budget for this operation and how are we paying for it? Yeah, so I'll tell you that the Travis County um, contract was just under four hundred thousand dollars a, a year. year. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, and that's that's humans, that's equipment, that's vehicles, that's cars, that's everything, everything. It's all okay. in, all in. Okay, right? thank you. Uh, but then on the other side, remember that we have some staff that are tied to safety and security as well. Matt Greer okay. being one of those. Um, Brent Kelly, mm-hmm. our, uh, another director of of safety and security, and we have those armed, um, not armed, sorry. Those uh, safety um, uh, professionals at the at the high school. Those so are you, those are. So what's that? What's that? So um, just that over nine hundred thousand dollars is what we were spending each year. Okay, gotcha. Prior. All right. Okay, and then with this new program being implemented, uh, it was budgeted for um, just over one point five million dollars. Okay, okay. And that, that gives that's us our annual spend. Humans, mm-hmm. equipment, everything. So that's our operating budget. So 1. you're looking. 6, okay. You're looking at a. Just about a six hundred thousand dollar delta okay. um, to implement this uh, police force. That's our annual cost. Okay, um, and then we have that two hundred thousand dollars that we got from the from the state. Mm-hmm. So that draws that number down. Mm-hmm. We we apply for every grant that we can yeah. to to help with that spend. But there's also startup costs. So this is the initial okay. year. There's startup costs when it comes to equipment, including vehicles. Um, that's just over eight hundred thousand dollars. Okay. And that, so this is the Tesla thing. Correct. That, gotcha. that That's one of the, um, the pieces of that equipment. Okay. So that will actually be funded from savings from previous bond referendums. Okay. And so those startup costs won't hit our general operating budget, Okay. Um, which helps with so the, the So with the, the startup cost. costs are all budget neutral? Correct. Okay. Yep. And so you'll see there's a $600,000 delta. Okay. The good thing is we were having these conversations and the board decided to move forward with this prior to setting our budget. So we've included this in the current year budget Okay. Um, for this year. So okay. we weren't having So to... budget neutral on the CapEx, um, $600,000 Delta operating costs per year versus what we were doing with the shares, but we get a 200,000 stipend. Mm-hmm. So we're having to come up, cough up about 400 grand. Correct. Who's paying for that? Is this an EEF thing or? So um, at this point, EEF is not funding um, this this program. Mm-hmm. Um, this is being funded from our operating budget, Somewhere which else. we set every single year. We haven't made cuts anywhere. Yeah. Um, what we're trying to do is be as fiscal responsible as we can in yeah. order to to but we make this do possibility. It. But we, we got to do it. Mm-hmm. How do we know when this is working? You know, how do we know when it's effective? Is it, is it just nothing happens, or I think that's what? part of it. Uh huh. Yeah, and I, and I think it's about do our people feel safe? Mm-hmm. Um, are you comfortable? with your kids situation at school and do you feel like they're protected? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. 
That was something that I remember uh, Jeremy and Prison upon me uh, uh, last season when we talked about kids feeling that they're safe, mm-hmm. that they they don't have to worry about anything, and that uh, spurs a you know a better learning environment, a healthier environment in general. Again, which is a I sad agree. commentary on where we're at, <laughs> but uh, but I but I totally get it. And how do you know that they feel safer? Because some kids and parents can get quite intimidated by the mm-hmm. fact that we now we know we have people with guns walking around. Yeah, I think we have to ask them. Mm-hmm. How are you going? Are you going to ask them? How are you going to do that? We are. Uh-huh. And I, I'm going to defer to Jeremy a little bit on surveys because I haven't done any surveys, but I, I think we need to. I think we need to ask them mm-hmm. occasionally how they're feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what we do, we do something a client uh, climate survey. Yeah. And so we've done these in the past. We did one just recently. We will always ask those type of questions in the climate survey. But how often are you doing those? We've talked administratively about in, uh, increasing um, how often we do those surveys. Is it is it annual? Is it is it every two years? We've also in um, implemented a new platform. It's called Thought Exchange. Mm-hmm. Um, we've utilized this for a recent conversation, but it's a tool that we could possibly use. It's simple. Uh, it's intuitive that we may be able to to gather what some is it? some some feedback. Is it a student? Um... So thought exchange is the exchange of thoughts, right? You, okay. you you pose questions, and those individuals they they create thoughts, and then you score other thoughts, and all of a sudden you get um the your your top thoughts, and you can rank those, and then all of a sudden it, it gives you a perception of what the um everyone is feeling. And, is this and a piece of software? It's is a software. Students or it's parents? a software. Who is this for? So anyone, we can run a thought exchange internally. We can run it to our parents. We can run it to our, our students. And it is an exchange of thoughts. And um, it's an interesting way of doing it because you're able to share your exact thought, not having to focus on, on a survey. So it's a platform we may mm. um, be utilizing in the, in the future to gather feedback on just what everyone feels about safety. If I get one more email, from the school or a teacher or a principal, I, I'm going to throw myself off the top of a building. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really? I mean, wow. I get a lot of emails. Yeah, and then if one comes uh, one comes across my desk saying, give me your thoughts. I mean, I like the intention, mm-hmm. but I don't, I'm not sure about that one. Yeah. I'm not sure about that one. That climate survey, have you actually sat down and done the climate survey yourself? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not sure that folding in something about life and death fits in the climate survey because i don't know i just see what you guys are doing at a different level yeah, right completely it's you know the i i i feel that that climate survey over the years it, it comes out about every couple years or something right it doesn't it's not annually no. but it, it feels like it's been tortured into something to like to get the answers out of it that the someone on the other side wants i don't know and and then the result it's kind of weird mm-hmm. i don't know that you would want to um discredit what you folks are doing right. by getting rolled into that. I like just talking to people. Yeah. Um, and I talk to a lot of parents and the feedback is very positive. Gotcha. We were very intentional about making sure that we got the right people mm-hmm. on our campuses. And I think we have done that. Um, and so the feedback is is positive. Yeah. Are you visible to parents? Uh, some questions I had is about, you know, how do I, what other responsibilities uh, do you have? You know, are you... 
traffic cops out there in the mornings? Yes. Are you are you yes. you know banging kids on hoods if they do something bad? <laughs> Again, I'm just, never you know, that. We hope know, never that. I always, you know, when I think of police, I think of T.J. Hooker, and he he's always throwing a baton at yeah. kids that are running and their legs. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. That doesn't work. No, I understand that doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work. But, but now, how visible are you? Where can we yeah. see you? I no. drop my kid off every day. Um, am I going to see you out there? Yes. What's, yeah. Absolutely. Are you are you uniformed? Not yet. Okay. So we're in the process of getting um, getting commissioned through the Texas Commission on Law Enforcement. Okay. And so as soon as that happens and we have all the uniforms and equipment in place, then we'll be putting on our uniforms. Gotcha. Um, and you're going to be um, visible weapons. Yes. yes. You're going to be nothing about, okay. Do we have we have animals involved, the canines or anything like that? No animals no. yet. We, oh. We've talked about it. Yeah. In fact, Don't we I, have something now in the school? We used that... to have a dog at the high school, uh -huh. Vito. In fact, yeah. I think that was one of the first questions we started talking about. Are we still going to have veto? Everybody yeah. loves veto. Um, we don't know yet. I mean, gotcha. it's certainly an option. We'll, we'll, we're going to look at it. So what are the other responsibilities you're going to have other than stopping a demon? So that comes you mentioned traffic control. Mm -hmm. um, our officers are out there every day now helping with the flow of traffic, helping uh, come up with better plans to get parents and kids in and out quicker yeah. and more efficiently. Is that something um, you guys were doing before? We were, uh, but now that we have folks on the campus, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Jeremy and I used to visit campuses all the time to look at traffic flow and see how we could help. But we've got these officers on the campus that are very involved in that process. So yeah. are they prepared, uh, you know, the officers at the elementary schools? Mm -hmm. Are your officers prepared to deal with all the mothers and their Range Rovers trying to get yes. their kid there at the last minute? Yes. That's crazy are. time. Yeah. It really is. I mean, it's nuts. Like yeah. uh, we drop them off every day and it was, you know, that's dangerous in itself. I know. Yeah. And yeah. then for some reason, it seems like over the last few years, everybody wants to pick their kids up an hour. They show up an hour or so before yeah. it's time to pick them up. Yeah. But what are you, are you, so are you doing other things um, yeah. around uh, drug enforcement or, yeah. or discipline or what are the other things that you might get involved in that maybe we weren't doing before? Or we didn't have people yeah. doing it before other campuses. So officers really won't be involved in discipline, okay. per se. Um, that's an administrative function. Yeah. But um, but breaking up fights. Of course. And stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, they're involved in really, especially at the elementary level, all things safety. Anything yeah. related to safety. Teaching classes about safety, whether it be, you know, bicycle safety to students or mm. CPR to teachers. Um they are involved in the drills. They're organizing all the safety drills that mm -hmm. we do, fire drills, lockdown well, drills. Lockdown, yeah, or right. discipline. Sure. Or, yeah, there's discipline yeah. involved. Really? But so is the officer going to be seeing kids off campus? And, you know, uh, again, when I was in high school, uh, I, our, we called him the narc, but he was like an SRO. He was a really nice guy, big dude, big intimidating guy. And he would go around to the places he knew that the kids were hanging out and find us there. And we'd get in trouble, you know, do our officers go off campus or will they, when they have these cars and hit the haunts and, you know, swing by Honeyham and go over to Domino's and, you know, back on the back street yeah. where they're, you know, whatever kids are doing, is that going to be happening with these folks? That specifically, Patrolling. yeah, I'm not sure about that specifically. Maybe hadn't really yeah. thought about it until you just said it, but. Um, not but, that my kids but, would be doing that. Of course. Yes. But going off campus, yes. Yeah, gotcha. um, There are times when we need our officers um, 
to maybe even go to somebody's house and talk to them and yeah. go, hey, what what's okay. going on? Okay, you know? okay, that's good. Or talk to mom and dad and say, what what's happening? How can we help you? Is that a is that a um, a role that someone else in the school would have otherwise done that is shifting to the officers, Jeremy? As far as you know, talking to parents or you know, I caught your kid three times off campus, that type of thing. I I, I don't even know if that goes on. Yeah, that, you know, we have those conversations. Do we? Um, okay, that's usually on the weight of, of Matt, but also with our campus administrators now. So what we're doing is we're supplementing that okay. with, the, with these officers. So that was something you were doing in your previous role. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. But these these officers, I mean, the primary role is for these officers to keep, you know, th- th- I guess that in the back of my mind, I worry that, okay, we've got all these resources and we've got these needs. We start spreading these. How do yeah. I know as a parent, yeah. you know, something goes down and we find out that you are down at Honeyham and when it happened. You know, what are you guys doing about that? What kind of protocols are you putting me? I mean, you're thinking about these things? Of course. Yeah, we, we have to be careful about. And although, you know, we may leave campus, we have to be careful about making sure the campus is covered. So somebody's got to know about it. Gotcha. So let's talk a little bit about the rest of your team at a you know high level. Is everyone retired that's here? What's it generally? Who, who are they? Yeah. So five of them are retired from Austin PD. Okay. Uh, one is retired from DPS mm-hmm. and one is, uh, left a career in law enforcement with the attorney general's office and then mm-hmm. came back and had 15 years prior experience. Gotcha. So, um, is in a, and I say this with respect to you is hiring retired people, the right person. I mean, I, I'm you're, obviously yeah. you're in excellent physical condition. I don't know who these other people are. Yeah. Are the is the bar lower for people that are retired? Is it more of kind of a hobby? It's not a hobby. I don't want to use that word. It's the wrong thing. Yeah, I, I, I just you know what I'm saying. I get There's it. Just yeah. something that feels about oh, it's a bunch of retired guys, yeah. and that's not the guy that no. we need at the front at the point of the spear when shit goes down. That's what. No, I'm it's about. not. And we we were very selective about exactly who they were and mm-hmm. the people that we have in place. I have a hundred percent confidence in. They're all. These I, are hard chargers. They're hard chargers. They're they're the best mm-hmm. of the best. Gotcha. Gotcha. And are they going to have uh, to maintain qualifications? Are they, you know, yeah. you're putting them through physical yeah. rigors and they got to, you know, be able to handle a handgun and, you know, these types of things? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Are there other weapons that they have access to other than just their pistol? Yes. And that's obviously every campus. So they have a, a small armory or whatever at every campus as well. Are there teachers that are uh, enabled to carry weapons too? Or do we have any no. teachers? What's our policy on that? Policy is that the teachers don't carry weapons. Do not carry, even That's if they correct. want to, they correct. may not do it. Okay. Have we had correct. teachers inquire to do that? Yes. And you guys we said, have. sorry, yes, not can't do it. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. What about, um, I remember as this was heating up last year, Jeremy, there was some parents going, can we just, we can get people out there just walking around, you know, like uh, parent or family volunteers and stuff. Are you, are you thinking about enhancing this group with, other parents, uh, you know, I think of uh, what's that group that used to patrol the the guardian angels? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, just a parental group, not with the berets, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't think we'd ever turn down somebody who wants to come and, and help us keep the campus safe. Yeah. I mean, you know, we have dad groups I know yeah. that, that occasionally get together and come to the campus for various reasons. We, I know we had a dad group that was helping to clean up the property across from Cedar Creek a couple weeks ago. So... Um, I don't think we would want to uh, turn those folks down. We, mm-hmm. we we wouldn't be arming anybody. Yeah, of course. So what is the what is the uh, what does the group look like? Again, we have nine officers. Yes, nine officers and the chief. 
Yeah, so a total so, of ten staff. Yeah, it'll be a total of eleven. So okay. we've got we've got um, you know two at the high school and okay. myself. I'm not at a campus, but then we've got uh, one on every campus, um, every other campus except for the gotcha. high school. So it's it's a variety. You know, we've got one that was the child abuse supervisor when he retired and spent a lot of years in the child abuse unit as a detective. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got one who was in the mental health unit for years. Um, We've got one that uh, basically ran the Capitol for some years um, with DPS. That's cool. Um, wide variety of experience. Gotcha. Men, women. Men and women. Were there any of the selection criteria about we need so many females or so many people of color or anything like that? Did any no. of that go into the hiring practice? No. What did you look for when you were hiring these professionals? You know, I think it takes a certain personality mm-hmm. um, to be hanging around kids all day. <laughs> Um, right. And, and dodging Range Rovers and yeah. parking lots. Okay. Wow. We, we okay. want somebody level headed. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody sharp. Yeah. And somebody who can just, uh, relate with kids. Yeah. That's what we were looking for yeah. and, and can be a problem solver because gotcha. that's what they're doing. They're on campuses, solving problems, helping the campus through situations. Um, you know, our teachers and administrators should really just be focusing on teaching school and not how to deal with various crises that come up. Now, we were very fortunate that our staff and the people that we chose, they happen to be very diverse. We've got yeah. some women and we've got some different ethnicities. And mm. and so that's great. Yeah. Um, I think that's wonderful. So many today, so much of this selecting people for other reasons than what they really should be amazing, you know, kind of seeps its way into the thinking. And I understand why that happens. But when it comes to this, when you're, you know, you're talking about life and death, it can't even be part of the equation. It has, there's other things that must take absolute priority. And as a parent hearing you tell me that, I feel a lot better. I'm I'm glad to hear that's not a mistake we're making here, that we're just getting the best. That's what we're doing. And and so Brent Kelly, he's, he'll be my lieutenant. He's he's, the big guy. He's a big guy. Yeah, he's a big guy. I saw him at Hill Country the other day. He's a big dude. So Brent and I, uh, when we were thinking about who we were going to hire, we just literally sat around and said, who do we know? Who is the, who are the best cops that we know that have retired in the last year or two that we think we might be able to get? And we started making phone calls. That's great. And just, and just got the best of the best. We have an amazing special education program at Eanes. And just the things that the school has been doing with these kids is just off the charts. Are there any responsibilities? I know sometimes these kids, yeah. uh, you know, it's tough for them. Do, the, yeah. do these officers have any responsibilities around that? Or that we have a, what they called elopers? Yeah. Where they leave? Mm-hmm. That's a very uh, uh, kind, nice term <laughs> for, for running off the campus. What, so the police yeah. will be t- doing some of this? So they they all have developed relationships with their special ed teams, mm-hmm. um, and they've gotten to know some of the students, and they know um, how some of the students behave and how some of that uh, manifests. So uh, they've also been through some training, and they understand how the teachers uh, respond to those situations, yeah. and their role is to not become involved unless uh, there's absolutely an issue of you know, a risk of serious injury or death. Yeah. Um, I wanted to address, you know, this policy, not policy, but this thing about being a first responder. Now, I know mm-hmm. that, that we had the controversy with the Teslas, mm-hmm. and um, I think uh, most parents have been satisfied that 
the reason we got the Teslas was because really no one wanted to sell us the vehicles we wanted or they weren't in inventory or the UAW strikes was affecting logistics and there was really good legitimate business reasons. Now, the optics of, you know, you guys are not a trustee on the board, the optics of how they made that available, <laughs> the information available to everybody is questionable, but now they've got it right and you have the, the Teslas coming. Okay. Um, but there's a, you know, why does everyone have to have a car? I, I don't, I don't understand that. I, to me, you're supposed to be on the campus. And, uh, if something God forbid does happen at campus A, I would think everyone would stay in place to protect campus B through F because some horrible person could, you know, plan an end around or something. Why do we need these cars to move about? I don't get that. Yeah, I mean, I think every situation is different. Let's say something happens at a campus, and I understand your point. There may be somebody trying to do, you know, something to a a diversionary, a diversionary thing or something. Yeah, these people are awful. And a lot of times, what we do is, um, if we have a situation at one campus, we may go into lockout at every other campus. Gotcha. So that, um, so that we don't have that issue. Mm -hmm. But you know, we certainly we would want them to respond to another campus if mm-hmm. they were available. So mm-hmm. Bridgepoint's pretty far out there. I'd, I'm not sure at any given time during the day where the closest officer is to Bridgepoint. It could be an APD guy. In addition to the one that's there. Yeah, in addition to the one that's there. So it may be the person at Eden's Elementary is the closest backup officer, and they might get in their car and get there as quick as they can. But we we do want them to be, be able to respond to any campus if necessary. So the the need or the, the requirement to have a vehicle for every officer mm-hmm. is our requirement. That is not a law. Correct. That's, That's not a nothing. That we decided as a school district to have a, a, a car for every That's accurate. We okay. we don't we didn't think that uh, the officers on the campuses would be able to do their jobs effectively. Gotcha. Um, without a vehicle. Gotcha. So we could go over lots of scenarios. What if somebody, God forbid, kidnapped a child off the playground? We would want the officer to jump in a vehicle and go a- go after that yeah. person. Reasonable, um, yeah, for sure. You know, other scenarios like that that we, you know, we could come up with. But just you know, like and, you're kind of, you're looking to cover all scenarios. Exactly. This is the best way exactly. to, to uh, kit up. Yes, our sir. team so they can do whatever they need to do. Yes, sir. And and um, we will not have an officer at all times on every campus because we have officers that get sick. We have officers that might be in training. Mm-hmm. And so if something's happening at, say, Hill Country Middle School uh, and that officer isn't there for some reason, we might have to have somebody else respond there uh, mm-hmm. who might be closer than anybody else. And the other thing about the cars is that... Um, when that call comes into 911, let's say somebody on a campus calls 911. Yeah. We are the responding agency to that call. Yeah. We have jurisdiction over that call and we're responsible for it. Yeah. Now, if for some reason that officer is not available and nobody else is available nearby, they'll start calling around to other uh, jurisdictions and asking for help. But we're primarily responsible for the calls on our But campus. there's not, it's not a um, situation where if we have to respond to something, other agencies are not called in until we respond exactly because i mean my god if something happened i'm sure everyone would be parachuting in on there absolutely yeah Yeah. i I just for a minute i had this vision of you know something happens at one campus and then you know the rest of the officers and everyone's running after the tesla and unplugging it and (laughs) you know it just didn't seem like it was you know i just think of you know burning rubber and everyone 
mm-hmm. coming in and you know then the cavalry's been called type thing yeah uh, in a critical incident i mean of course we want our own folks to respond but everybody Everyone in the area is going to come down absolutely yeah. yeah well that's reassuring that's good how does the public interact with you guys you know can we can a parent call and talk directly to you or to other officers or um or do we have to go through you know, oh, a, a, a piece of software or to, no. to the main number. How 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 can we connect? They can talk to me directly. Mm-hmm. They can. My cell phone's all over the place. They can call my cell phone anytime. They can email me. Well, will will parents at different campuses have the cell phone number of the officer that's posted there, or will they still have to go through you? I, I'm not sure the officers are going to want to give out their cell phones as liberally as I do, Yeah, <laughs> but they'll certainly be accessible and they can reach them at the campus anytime, email, set up meetings. Uh, our, our officers are, are really interested in communicating with parents and developing relationships. So I would guess that most of them uh, would respond to a parent very quickly. Was there anything that you wanted to leave us with? Anything that I didn't bring up that you think it's important for parents to know or understand about what you guys are about ready to, to accomplish or embark upon? Well, I think it, looking at it, it right now and the amount of work that's been done over the last, you know, nine months, it, it seems like, and all the, the communication and collaboration with the community and, and getting feedback from there, I do, we do believe that this is the right decision to, to put our kids and our staff in the, in, in the safest situation. Um, but also, you know, a while back you had a conversation with Tony Salazar, head football yep. coach, Westlake mm-hmm. High School. Yeah, yeah. Who wouldn't want to play for that guy, yeah. right? But I would say in the same situation with Matt and BK and the way they recruited these officers, yeah. who, who wouldn't want to come and work for them in the environment that we have mm-hmm. uh, on our campuses? So very proud of the team that they've been able to uh, assemble. And I just want everyone to understand that team. Yeah. That's that's my thing. If if we could go on a um, kind of a tour, it would be in- incredible um, to, to learn the backgrounds of these yeah. individuals. And um, and maybe we'll all get a chance to do that. But um, as a parent, I'm, I'm reassured uh, to hear that you're making the uh, right choices for the right reasons uh, with the officers that are there and you're not letting other things influence the most important things that keep our kids Yep. safe as sadly as we have to do this you know we don't we can't be wrong yeah we can't Aaron, we can't be wrong not even a little bit yeah. gentlemen so nice uh, for you guys to come here and spend the time and 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 use this as a way to get the word out and that's going to be really important to a lot of people good luck to you jeremy thank, thank you for coming out here again and being so open and and accessible and uh, matt mr greer uh you know good luck to you guys thanks for coming in yeah thanks for having us thanks for allowing us to share Thanks for joining us on the Eans Parents United podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Eans Kids First, ensuring that Eans prioritizes our children's well-being, honors parental rights, and unites our incredible community. To learn more about our mission or to donate to our cause, please visit us at eanskids.com. That's E-A-N-E-S kids.com. Kids.com.